Welcome to the Game of Flavors podcast, episode 48, take three on the introduction. My name is John, and I'm joined by Ryan. Hey, everybody. Here at the Game Deflators podcast, we like to talk about games we've recently picked up, games we're currently playing, and this week, we want to deflate your games. Dude, I was so close to just kind of cutting it there and be like, damn it, Ryan, we have to take four. We've never done four takes on an intro, but you saved yourself the last moment. And we still haven't. <laughs> how are you uh, How are you recovering from our food on Saturday? Oh, man. It was, uh, it was a big meal, but, uh, you know... This game helped uh, get some of that out of me, I think. I got a little sick there. <laughs> yeah, this uh, game for this week's Inflation Deflation is definitely not one to be remembered. And if we do remember it down the road, it's not going to be for good reasons. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, this week, uh, would you pick up, John? Dude, I had the greatest pickup ever this week. I saw. Um, this is probably the crown jewel i thought the vectrix and the super nintendo and all that stuff was like an amazing pickup no no nothing compares to the ducktales remastered pin that i purchased on ebay the other day this officially completes my ducktales remastered i was one of the somewhat unlucky individuals that picked up a used copy and it had the promotion on the front for pin inside and of course used you're not going to get the pin so uh, really, that is my only pickup this week. Uh, oddly enough, I think I'm so far in the hole right now on this other stuff that I have to break even, and uh, it hasn't sold yet, so we'll see. On a the holidays are coming. That's true. On a bright note, though, uh, I don't think I mentioned it the last episode, because I, I did it this week. I went ahead and replaced a Pico Fuse on one of those Super Nintendos. Works like a charm. No issues. Best 47 cents I have ever spent on a free console. There you go. Yeah. So that was good stuff. Did you pick up anything? Uh, so this week I only had one pickup. I finally got my left Switch Joy-Con back from the shop. So I uh, I can use my Switch again. So I went in, looked at my, uh, you know, feature list and what's on sale list. And Downwell was in there for a buck 49. So of course I used my Nintendo Gold Switch coins, whatever you call them, I think. I think they're different than the Nintendo Gold Coins. I think those were only on on DS. So, But anyways, what, I got it for free. What's Downwell? Downwell is an awesome indie game that would fit right in with stuff like Apple Arcade. But it's a, uh, it's a game where you're perpetually falling down and you when you jump, you shoot out of your feet. And so you get different kinds of shot that have different amounts of ammo and you can only take so many hits and you get like combos for killing enemies and keep falling without landing on something. Uh, you, It's really, it gets complicated, but in like a simple to learn, hard to master kind of, you know, back and forth. It's, it's a fun game. It's a real time waster. It's a real good, like, sitting on the toilet with your phone game. But it's great on console. I've had it on my Vita, and, you know, I own it on both now because I think it's worth owning on both. Speaking of sitting on your toilet and playing games, I kind of want to... I don't know if you've ever seen it, but there's pictures of people who have, like, the little... Um, cabinet set like or drawer right next to their toilet and they open it up and it's got like game boys and stuff in it uh-huh i don't know if you've ever seen those pictures but no totally want to do that just have like 
a Game Boy Color and a Game Boy Advance SP and like a nice little selection of like games you could just pick up and play. I mean, if you're really going to spend that much time, isn't that what phones are for now? No, I can't play. I mean, I can play Pokemon on my phone, but not to the same extent. Come on. It, I mean, I guess if you're if you found a game that would be worth playing for a few minutes at a time, Tetris. And you're going to be spending that time in the bathroom anyways. You could really devote that time to just, this is my bathroom game. Look, it's either... I want to see how long it takes somebody to get through like a Final Fantasy or a Dragon Quest. It's either reading the back of a shampoo bottle or playing a Tetris game. I mean, you got to pick at that point. So, um... See, I'm thinking, no, go for the long run. Pick like a meaty RPG (laughs) and just see how many years it takes you of dedicated toilet play dude that'd be so difficult like I mean, 25 years later you finally beat like what do you dragon warrior 2 it would have to be some sort of rpg that you could save at a whim like there's no way that you could pick up an rpg pokemon that, like if it was like yeah well that would be fine how long would it take you to beat pokemon oh my god you imagine that like 30 years later Oh my god, I finally I reached the Elite the Four. <laughs> That'd be terrible. So, uh, speaking of playing games, and I've got a nice little hefty list here for you, Ryan, just throw in your face, but uh, I finally beat Alien Isolation with my wife the other day. Well, Yay. really me and she watched. Uh, she just, like I said, she was just like, screw this, too scary, and put it aside. Stressful. It's stressful to play scary games. I've talked to several people, so my brother, I actually asked him, or I was just talking to him on a whim, it was like, hey, so I'm playing Alien Isolation. He's like, yeah. Uh, the second I started having to hide from the alien, I said, screw this and turned it off. So he officially didn't play it. And my buddy Justin, uh, when I asked him about it, he's like, yeah. And he's like, it's super scary. After a while, I was just like, no, I'm done. And I stopped playing it. I was not like, there were moments I jumped throughout the game, but it wasn't just hardcore. Like I was constantly jumping. Like I expected the alien to attack well, me and chase for- me down. For me, at least, it's the sense of dread. Like, we stopped playing Resident Evil 2 Remake, and I regret not finishing it, but my biggest problem with that was that I accidentally chose the option to adjust it to a lower difficulty. I didn't want to cop out on doing that, and then I just never went back and replayed the last hour and a half again to get through it. But man, I skipped so much stuff because it's just like so stressful having Mr. X in the game chasing you down and it's just relentless. And it's like sometimes that like I want to go to my games for relief Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's just too much to have that extra pressure, especially if you're playing with somebody. It's it becomes a lot for me sometimes. Yeah. And I kind of got that with Alien as well. There were moments where I wasn't necessarily scared, but I was just getting frustrated of like, why can I not pass this portion of the level or the mission that's come up? I think it's broken into once like 19 missions. Once you run into frustration, the fear goes away. Yeah. And the same with like, once you realize how to like dupe an AI, like I know some games are, are hard and challenging and you might be afraid of an enemy, especially in a game if you can't fight back. Like I think it's Outlast or... Uh, yeah, one of those scary games, but it's yep. like eventually you realize you can just run around a table and you get infinite time to think about what your next move is because they're never going to catch up. And then it becomes a whole game about like, go in the room, ring around the rosy, find the exit, go to the exit, ring around the rosy. And it's like you get to the point where you gamify the game again and it takes all its all its power leaves it kind of like 
in a scary movie, if you cover your eyes when the monster comes, you still don't see it. But once you see how cheesy it is, it's not scary anymore. Yeah, exactly. And so Alien, it was really interesting. You bring up a good point. It got to like it got to where I was with a flamethrower. It was just like, oh, look, there's the alien. I'll just walk spurt, in its spurt, way, spurt. spurt some fire, and then yeah. I'm going to be on my merry way because I know it's going to disappear. Like, that's primarily what was happening. I would say the most difficult part in the game, for me at least, was, well, there were two sections, but I would say the, the primarily most difficult section was when you get to the nest at the bottom, which is actually where I was when we last talked about this, and you have multiple aliens and face, um, God, face huggers uh, coming out of nowhere, like... That, I would say, was the hardest part of the game moving forward. And, uh, you know, I enjoyed it. Um, but the end of this game, dude, just completely lackluster. I just did not enjoy it. It, We knew it going out. Like, as my wife and I were sitting there finishing up the game, um, you know, uh, do you care if I spoil it for you? No, like I said, I've already okay, watched yeah, two you Let's watched Plays. It. That's, that's right. So, yeah, spoiler alerts for anybody that's listening. Um, and you can probably skip ahead like a minute or two. So, basically... You know, the issue that I have with it is we're sitting there playing a game and immediately we're like, okay, we're on the ship. The alien's going to be on the other ship. Oh, yeah, they're probably all going to die and the alien will still be on the ship. Like, that's ultimately what ended up happening. And, like, I get it. That really happens in the alien movies and that's primarily, like, how they end. But it was just kind of crappy. Like, I'm sitting here trying to escape this alien. I have this whole great escape. I finally go and then... It's not like the ending that came up, you know, it wasn't like they went back to Earth and then on Earth, you know, these aliens appear. No, like she straight up just falls off into space and the alien takes over and kills everybody anyways. And then she just dies in the Did you, you know, get like a bad ending? Did you check if there's multiple endings? I didn't. I mean, maybe there are multiple endings, but that's ultimately the ending i got and mm -hmm. it was not that great yeah um, unsatisfying i am going to point out to you though that games i have recently beat mainly due to pressure from my wife to play games uh donkey kong country one two three yonder ukulele and alien isolation and soon sukadin 2 which i, I did like, not play I feel this like you're week. trying to prove some kind of point here john that you're i trying uh, to tell me something i don't know maybe you should maybe complete a couple games I've under got, your belt i've got zone of the enders first of mars i got zone of the enders one i've got um uh let's see i beat the messenger um wait wasn't that last year so we're we've only been doing the podcast for one year uh-huh okay so that was in the first year i was only counting 2019 so far and that's there's probably more oh, no, games that than came, that that was in 2019 was it yeah oh. i think so okay wasn't it i don't know i don't know I beat it, we and the DLC came out. That's why I'm so excited. I'm going to pick that. Or I picked it up, but now I have to go back and beat the final boss again for some reason. I guess it didn't save where I was or somehow, so I got to go back and re-beat the final boss before it'll let me do the DLC. So I need to get a physical copy of that game. I saw Game Grinder picked one up Oh, from yeah. one of the limited, not limited mm -hmm. run games, but one of the limited... Uh, game companies and dude it looks so sweet oh the messenger is an awesome game i'm yeah. so excited for the dlc for it i've been wanting to play it for a long time but then i had this joy con issue but um anyways oh this one, week one other oh. thing i i got my notification today i have a limited run game i don't know which one i purchased a while back but i have one coming in cool. so it'll be here 
hopefully in the next week. So hopefully we can talk about that one. Then we'll have an uh, do an unboxing for it. Yeah, that'll work. That'll be cool. I don't think it's a limited edition, but oh, okay. We can still take some pictures, put them yeah. on Instagram. All right, now what are you playing? So this week I've been playing a bunch more of the Apple Arcade. You've the, actually stuck to that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've had a good time. Uh, there's this one game that's it's called the Get Out Kids, and it's like a pretty fun like kind of like an i spy in a way you you'll be like in a room and you could see all the things you can turn the room it's kind of in an isometric 3d perspective with stylized graphics you'll have like talking heads over to the side for when character dialogue is going off and it's a story of these two friends that are sneaking out at midnight to go catch like a monster movie at the drive-in theater. So, you know, I've been sitting down to bed and just play like one or two screens of that because it's kind of the spooky season. It's kind of got that mood to it. It's like a fun, light little puzzle thing just to unwind with. And uh, that's been good. And um, I'm still trying out a bunch of them. You know, there's a bunch out there to try. So... I've been given a few more a try here and there. Uh, but I have been playing more of Legend of Zelda Link to the Past on my Game Boy. Why did you decide to start playing that one again? Um, Just a while ago when I got the Game Boy, I was trying to think of like, oh, you know, what's a good game to have on here? And that's a fun game to be able to pick up whenever I've never gone all the way through the game, even though I've seen lots of like randomized Let's Plays and regular let's plays and people beat it it's a really popular game that i just i kind of missed i think we talked about it a few weeks ago or maybe it was something i was talking about to somebody else but like wind waker uh ocarina of no not ocarina of time uh majora's mask and oracle of seasons those are like the first three zeldas i played and actually no um Link's Awakening, I played that too. But it's like, I played all the, like, kind of off Zeldas before I played, like, the big main ones. You know, I've actually got a save game in Wind Waker. I have no idea where I'm at right now. It's one of those that I play on the Wii U, and I just kind of pick it up and play it every now and then. Like, right now we're playing uh, DuckTales Remastered on the Wii U. It's actually, I didn't mention that earlier, but yeah, we're playing DuckTales Remastered. And uh, I'll pick up Wind Waker every now and then. But the funny thing about that game is, of course, the save data that was put in, I didn't realize till it was too late and I was in the game, Link's name is D's Nuts. Nice. So, um, yeah, whenever I talk to people, it's always D's Nuts. Mm-hmm. It sucks. Well, anything else game-wise? No ZOE 2? No. I tried fighting that boss and ever since i lost her i just haven't gone back to do it again because i know i have to do it i'm just i haven't had time i've had a lot of other stuff going on lately and i just really haven't been playing games except for you know my game boy or the ipad just something i could pick up and mess around with nothing that i've really been like okay i'm gonna sit down on the couch and i'm gonna play some games yeah i kind of had that had issue that time. i had that issue somewhat this week uh, in regard to Sukaden 2, I just didn't pick it up. And the main reason behind that is I did have stuff going on, but I realized that Walking Dead Season 9 was on Netflix, and I hadn't caught up on that. And, dude, that was such a great season. I don't know if you keep up with it at all, but... No, I no. I don't watch any of that. Ah, uh, dude. So if anybody hasn't seen it, it is pretty sweet. 
the uh, ninth season it came out. I think the premiere for the next season, I want to say it's this week. Uh, we've been we've been destroying Terrace House. Yeah, you had mentioned that a while back. Oh my gosh. Well, uh, let's get into our news articles for today, Ryan. I think uh, you enjoy talking about this gentleman, so okay. So I'll let you move forward with it. So we read uh, here. So this is Duke Nukem 3D composer sues Randy Pitchford gearbox and valve this is an article we read on pc gamer courtesy of samuel horty 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 he's not horty 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 i didn't enunciate my t but yeah randy's gonna or not randy no uh, randy's samuel. the one being sued well maybe both of them samuel's gonna come knocking on our door you talk so much crap about randy pitchford he's gonna come knocking on our door too so uh He's probably this, listening to this right now. This is an interesting thing here. So the composer for Duke Nukem 3D, uh, he had a limited rights access to the tracks that he composed. Uh, what's his name in there? Bobby John? Prince. Bobby Prince. So once the you rights... Do you think there's any relation to the Prince from Chappelle show? No. And that wasn't... From Chappelle show, that was the actual prince. <laughs> oh my gosh, get out of here, John! So, anyways, go back to that article. Where are you clicking all I'm over? I'm clicking the place? back to our uh, to our outline. Okay, so anyways, he had a limited rights usage of his music for the original release. Now, when the rest of the assets and basically the game was sold, um, it came under the direction of gearbox now they resold the duke nukem 3d 20th anniversary world tour edition and even though it was labeled in the files in the game that he owned the rights to those they still published them he reached out to randy pitchford and gearbox and valve and was like hey i own the rights to this you know, I'm supposed to be getting my $1 per unit sold royalties. Like, give me that at least. Well, so and in reading it, though, man, like the way that this played out, it's he reached out to he reached Pitchford. reached out to them and well, they Pitch, acknowledged it. Pitchford they said, first. we'll take care of you. Yeah, Pitchford first, we'll take care of you. They didn't take care of him. So he's like, okay, hey, Valve, this is a breach. Like, this is infringing on property of mine. Yeah. And it's under a Digital Millennium Copyright Act. Like, this needs to be removed. And Valve didn't do anything either. Despite so him trying now to he's flag taking it. everybody to yeah, court. Exactly. And it's pretty it seems pretty clear cut to me. Like, if he owned this, I mean, it's labeled appropriately. Uh, I don't really see where there's much to stand on. And I don't know how many people bought this game. Like, I don't know how much it was gonna hurt them to lose that one dollar per sales, but you know, I'm sure that they still would have made plenty of money, and this is just another example of, you know. There was a lot of speculation before Borderlands 3 came out. Randy Pitchford's been in the news a lot. You know, we know Valve's going through a whole bunch of stuff. This seems like just another one of those situations that we've seen where it's like, okay, just sidestep it. Like, you're a big grown-up company. Like, do the things that you're meant to be doing and just avoid the shitstorm. At least try to avoid one of them. Like, you've been through so much turmoil. Like, just these last two weeks, we kept talking about Anthem again and Fallout again. That oh, don't fall worry. I'm mentioning Fallout them again, too. That Fallout one was a little more indirect last week. But, I mean, 
these companies are the same ones that we see over and over and over again. And it's like, learn your lesson, but obviously they don't. Well, and the interesting thing is the uh, developer Apogee, um, they had limited right usage, but it was only in exchange for like a royalty of a dollar per game sold, which I don't know how many games this thing sold, but you know, say it was 150,000. You know, Gearbox and Valve and all, they, they have a good deal of money. Like 150 dollars That's what I was saying. It's yeah. not a ton of money. Yeah. And so now, if you go to court and you have the thousands of dollars in lawyer fees, the bad press, and overall, you might end up still having to pay this guy You're money. You're going to have to. There's no way around. They're not going to not be able to pay this guy because of the way everything's set up, I believe. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. It'll be interesting to see how this gets um, taken care of uh, for, you know, in the long run. But, yeah, I think this guy, it just would have been an easier situation, like you said, man. Pay the guy his money in advance. Just kind of deal with it. Don't try to avoid the situation or sweep it under a rug. It's going to bite you in the ass, and it's just not going to look good. So, yeah. Uh, Anybody that has comments on that, feel free to comment on our pages. Yeah, let us know what you guys think. Let us know if you bought the game. I've never been a Doom guy. I, I never I never had anything to play those games on, you know, when I was a kid. It wasn't until way later that I got into shooters and stuff so you know if you grew up with those type of games and this was something you bought and you dig the music and you think you should get the money let us know yeah well hey you know let's uh, do a call out to our listeners in the UK because they seem to be pretty avid if you're listening to us now comment that you actually heard the episode on our Facebook and we'll give you a heart emoji in response I'm just throwing it out there Ryan yeah yeah I mean we'll, we'll see how it goes uh, okay next thing this dude blast from the past in terms of the web url here i was absolutely floored when i saw it um so the article here is have games outgrown holiday season it's by lucas white at cheat cc dude i have not been to cheat cc since i was like 10 yeah probably like since i was looking up codes for tony hawk yeah that's actually about where i was too man just go on cheat cc and print out all the codes yeah hole punch it stick it in your binder and then you'd have all Whoa, your codes. Oh, you got here. fancy. Oh, yeah, dude. I you got, got fancy. I, got, I had all my games. I'd print them out. I'd have all... Dude, Pokemon was the absolute worst with the Game Shark codes and stuff and, like, Pokemon oh, I locations. I never used Game Sharks. Man, I probably broke our family's printer one day printing out codes and stuff on Cheat CC. Oh, my it was, it was pretty bad. I was... You know, you thought the game collection was bad. You should have seen my Cheat CC collection. <laughs> uh, so... This article in general... I miss cheats. Why don't they put cheats back in games? Because there's DLC, Ryan, and the cheats are using... What if they charge us for it? What if if we could buy cheats for a dollar? Don't give them ideas. (laughs) (laughs) Do not give them ideas. All right, so this particular article that is uh, written by Lucas White is discussing how, you know, have games really outgrown the holiday season? We're seeing, even this year alone, we saw games like Kingdom Hearts 3, Anthem... And uh, Madden, for example, were released way earlier in the year compared to what they would normally be released at. Not even like a summer blockbuster or anything like that. Like we're talking like what, March and February, I think, for some of these games. Well, and that's when um, Final Fantasy is coming out. Final Fantasy VII Remake doesn't come out until next spring. Yeah, They're totally skipping what would be an obvious like killer you know, everybody wants for Christmas kind of gift, like back in the day. Yeah, and so the point that um, he's making here is like, you know, Nintendo, for example, released their Switch console in March. They're releasing, or they have released a light 
Switch Lite in September. They've released a new Zelda remake in September. Like, we're not seeing a lot of those, like, huge AAA well, titles being released in hardware, November and, and yeah, December. Hardware isn't where they make the money. No, it's in the game sales. But even so, like, when was the last time that you had, like, a really good premiere title that you can recall, I guess, since last year? I mean, Red Dead Redemption 2, I think, released That in, was in September 2. That was right around my birthday. Yeah, but, like, I don't recall any other major titles, at least to my knowledge, being released during, like, the holiday season. I guess uh, the older I get, the less I'm buying games anyways, kind of. I mean, I buy one almost every week, so... Yeah, but I mean, like, the, the less of a big deal it is for me, you know, like, once you... When you're a kid and you're banking on those games coming in, but I think that that was something that we had mostly when we were kids. It's like, okay, this is my time of the year to get all my games and stuff, you know, when that's when parents would launch the Xbox, or, you know, you'd get the Xbox that just launched. But nowadays, I feel like gaming audience has grown up we've got money we buy stuff whenever you know and games are just more abundant like i think they realize that they can't wait until the end of the year because so many people are also buying or playing free to play games like fortnite and stuff like if kids are only playing fortnite does it really matter like when something else is coming out because they're just going to fill that time with fortnite in between anyways yeah, I mean, I see your point on that. I guess what I would question is, like, would games like Kingdom Hearts 3, um, which I don't think sold too well uh, compared to what it could have. Oh, I'm sure it probably it sold, sold well. But, like, imagine if it had the hype behind it of, like, a November release and holiday season. But and... that's the thing. Anybody who's going to buy the third installment of a game is going to buy the third installment. Nobody's going out and buying Kingdom Hearts 3 on a fluke. Well, I mean, I guess, no, that's not true. I mean, there's a lot of parents that go out and buy their kids' Christmas games and just pick up the hottest new title. I don't believe that that's a true thing anymore. I think that's an old idea. I think that was something that, like, maybe happened, like, in a movie when Super Nintendo came out. But anymore, like, I think people who are buying games for their kids can count Roman numerals and titles. I don't know, man. You should see some people that came in the game store. You know how many times I heard Grand Theft Auto IV? I didn't know Grand Theft Auto had IVs, Ryan. I remember uh, going in looking for Thug 2, and they were like, what's that? Tony Hawk Underground, man. Thug 2. <laughs> I remember that, actually. Um, another point that uh, Lucas here brings up in the article which I'm totally having a brain fart at this point as to what he actually brought up in the article, Ryan. Um, geez, dude. I had it like right at the tip of my tongue and I was going to mention it. Uh, I don't know. It, we'll link the article and you can check it out yourself. But uh, really, at the end of the day, I would have to disagree with you, man. I think that, oh, um, that people have more money for games later on in the year is ultimately what it amounts to. So, Christmas time, they're looking for deals, right? They're looking for Black Friday. They're looking for the pre-Christmas deals that are coming in, like games that are a cheaper price point. So the idea is front load it at the beginning of the year, get a bulk of your sales, and then get those deal sales, like those, you know, last minute, like, hey, uh, this game came out in January. I still haven't played it. Oh, yeah, here it is on Black Friday for 20 bucks. Let yeah. me grab it. Like, yeah. I can see that reasoning behind it, but realistically, you could still 
still do that if you had the game released in like November. And another thought process that is brought up in this article is that a lot of these companies are front loading it because it's not as busy of a time of year to un- unload those games on a market. But now advertising's you're seeing, cheaper. Well, yeah, advertising's cheaper and such. But now you're seeing more and more. You probably buy a lot more ad dollars worth of Final Fantasy commercials in February than you can in November. Probably yeah. by a lot. Yeah, I would say that's true. Um, social media, though, I mean, we have that nowadays versus years ago. So there's a lot of social media advertising that can be done at a cheap rate. I don't think they increase pricing or um, reach or anything along those lines or decrease reach to pricing uh, in social yeah, media during the holiday yeah, everybody season. Everybody dies during January. January is like the worst month for like YTubers and stuff. Well, damn. Because that AdSense money. It's yeah, all gone. That's true. That's true. All the AdSense money's gone. Um, so, yeah, I mean, here at the Game Deflators podcast, we don't have ads. But if you would like to be a sponsor, you know what? We're we're fine. Even in January, we'll take sponsors. At Game Deflators podcast at gmail.com. Okay. So we talked enough about this. Read the article. We'll have it linked. Tell us your thoughts on it. Do you think Ryan's right? Do you think I'm right? Should you buy your games in November or should you buy them in spring? I mean, uh, here at the Game of the Fighters podcast, buy them, buy them when they're cheap. Yep, that's true. Uh, also here at the Game of the Fighters podcast, catch us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, as well as your main podcasting Everywhere applications. Everywhere you can find us, the Game of the except Twitter. They didn't have room for the, just Game of the Yeah, it was TH Game of the damn Twitter. All right. Our last article, sir. Uh, this one I'm actually kind of stoked about. It's going to make you want to throw that Apple Arcade out the door. And uh, that is Sony. They cut PlayStation Now in half. Instead of 20 bucks a month, you're looking at $9.99 a month and a catalog of more than 800 games that they have within PlayStation Now. Yeah, uh, I've never really messed with PlayStation Now. It was something back when I was using my Vita before I got my Switch that I was thinking about looking into. But honestly, you know, I just picked up that Apple Arcade. I'm digging that. I know there's a bunch of cool stuff on PlayStation Now. But now that I got my Switch controller back, I just I don't see myself spending enough time on the playstation that i really want to give away 10 bucks a month for i think that i'm gonna be more content with you know doing what i'm already doing than what how many times have we talked about this now chunking away just writing that extra here's another ten dollars a week going out the door before i even get my check well i guess it's okay when it's five dollars a month and it's apple well, it's just that right now that's a nice novelty, but like I said, I'll sit down and do that. But for me to go grab my Vita and find like a full game or to sit down at my PlayStation, like I should be playing Zone of the Enders if I'm sitting down at my PlayStation. You know, I've got too many other things than to want 800 games of backlog access especially because you probably have every game on that list that i'd want to play just about anyways yeah 1500 1600 games i think i don't know i got a lot on there well you have way more than just playstation well yeah and that's really the cool thing about it man like you know we just played a couple playstation games not too long ago um we're now playing a wii u game probably the next game we'll play will be uh, a wii game 
So yeah, it's a little bit of everything. Well, uh, just to kind of comment on this article, by the way, it's uh, Ian Scher of uh, CNET is the one that made the article. And uh, he really digs into a lot of discussions around, obviously, what we've talked about, the streaming services that are out there, uh, such as the Apple TV Plus that's coming out, Disney Plus, you have the Apple Arcade, you're looking at Netflix, uh, Google, and uh, even CNET themselves has um, you know, some sort of streaming service. So there's way too many streaming services out there in the market. I do think, though, at the end of the day, that PlayStation Now, it was a pretty uh, good price point there. Like It was kind of high, not something I'd want to bite at. $10 a month seems a little more palatable. Um, what are you doing with Parasite Eve? You, you just this is not playstation now this is john shelf what are you well, i was gonna ask about it. you don't have to acknowledge everything just keep talking you're acting like an amateur come on john Act we're a year like, into this you, you just stepped away to keep take going, a game off keep my going shelf with your thought keep going with my thought okay well i lost my thought now ryan because you took my parasite eve off my shelf um end of the day ryan ten dollars is a lot more palatable it's something i feel i can kind of get down and and actually put down a little money towards especially if i was to cut another service out uh but i don't really want to cut out netflix or amazon prime so exactly yeah so that's kind of the issue i run into now if sony couples their playstation now which maybe it does with their catalog of movies and television shows and anything that they have contracting rights to i would 100 percent pay 10 bucks a month to get gaming and movies see now that's not a a team that we've really seen since uh probably like when netflix did netflix do games um netflix i don't think does games now here's the interesting thing though you have apple tv plus which is 4.99 a month and then you have apple arcade which is 4.99 a month that's 10 bucks a month for both gaming and arcade game or you know gaming and tv and they're going to have exclusive shows as well original features so the fact that they're ten dollars for that sony could very easily enter that market like honestly what are i mean at 10 bucks you know at that price point you could very well, easily have a huge catalog to of a, i think you're appealing to a much more narrow audience i think less people how's have... it narrower it's broader because you're including both well, your games and your yeah, movies but you're only doing people that have a playstation not necessarily nobody's using i have a sony tv i can very easily get sony movies through a sony now program or playstation now program on my tv you like, do yeah i have a i don't have an app for that the bravia yeah you should have yeah you have one too look at your applications man you have tons of apps on there i only use you can even download apps from a store if it's on there it's a google play store on your tv well, yeah but you're not gonna play games on it well, maybe you could down the road. Maybe Sony includes some sort of compatibility with streaming service. I mean, it is yeah, a streaming but, service. Yeah, but Apple's got everybody that has an iPhone, everybody that has an iPad. That's a broader group. You don't think than, Sony can like push their TVs and say, oh, by the way, like you I buy more, a TV and you get a year of streaming a game through our TV and streaming movies well, for I'm free? Well, I'm not saying that that's not a good idea. I'm just telling you that more people own iPads and iPhones than own PlayStations and Bravias. Mm, yeah i mean that's true but how many so of those people own ipads cheaper, and iphones are gamers i mean them being cheaper well it makes sense right yeah. i get it but then again you're not looking at premier titles like last of us and you know final fantasy games on 
I just, on Apple it, Arcade. Not enough people do that to warrant it being five dollars. I guess. Well, five dollars is just pretty. Ten dollars is already fine. I think ten dollars is reasonable for eight hundred games. Like, if you got that, like if you just bought a PlayStation, you could almost feel comfortable never buying games. Like if you bought a PlayStation just to be a Blu-ray player or just to be a streaming service and you never wanted to buy anything for it, you just wanted to rent movies and rent or essentially rent games for this, you could feel confident buying that service. Kind of like the Xbox. Like if I bought an Xbox one, I could buy a used Xbox one and never buy an actual game for it because the Xbox live game pass is so good. I think you don't even have to buy an Xbox one. You can just buy a computer. And get the Xbox Game Pass, can't you? Well, yeah, but it's cheaper to probably buy a used Xbox One. Yeah, but a computer's better. <laughs> I'm going to fight you all the way through this, Ryan. Yeah, I'm going to stop talking to you after this episode, John. Absolutely <laughs> fight you on this. Okay, all well. All day. All day. We will. I will destroy you on this topic. Well, I know one savings. thing we can probably agree on today, John. Um, Did you throw it in the dumpster, by the way? Is oh. it is it in the dumpster? Did you flush it on the toilet? You, like, what'd you do to it? You you own it. You own it. It's right <laughs> here. You know what? You put it just on top of Parasite Eve. You could take that with you. It's okay. No, actually, don't. I want it in my collection. It's shelf, you know, shelf dressing. Shelf dressing. Um. So, so, anyways, everybody, we skipped it last week, and now we're coming all the way back around to it. Dark Angel Vampire Apocalypse for the PlayStation Two. Can we go back to the Vectrix? I wish we could. Honestly, I do. I but need to get a too multi- late for the vector. <laughs> Why? Now we're now we're into spooky spooky time. Uh, we jump started it a few weeks early with Nightmare Before Christmas, but now we're going into the real horrors. What if I find a Vectrix horror game? That would be awesome. And then we could just play that like three straight weeks. Yeah. Okay. We keep updating our review. All right, dude. Dark Angel Vampire Apocalypse. Um, I'll give my initial thoughts on it playing it wonkiest control well not wonky controls the controls are fine it felt like a diablo i don't want to kill it that much but the menu system and the buttons absolutely horrible and the concept of the game was just you're just thrown into this world and there's no rhyme or reason as to what you're doing okay so let's break it down for the people so this is uh by developed and published by metro 3d came out Back in July 2001, met really mixed but mostly not good scores from uh, like a one and a half to four out of five stars, about 25 to 50 percent on, you know, people that grade it that way. So this is a action RPG in a Diablo kind of uh, looting style, and uh, it's got an isometric with the crappy controls of a what is it yua or something like that i forget the name i have no idea i don't know one of those crappy arcade or android consoles it seems kind of like gauntlet in a way it seems kind of like diablo in a way it seems kind of like uh bloodborne no in a don't way you dare you use start its name off with a sword and a pistol and you've got the four direction buttons don't you that dare you can assign use. your different items to. Don't throw Bloodborne into this, Ryan. It didn't do anything to you. It's got kind of a hoary uh, aesthetic. Stop saying hoary. Horror-y. Horror-y. Horror-ish. I know we have like explicit on our iTunes, but Ryan. 
<laughs> so it's it's a creepy, spooky, not so good run around cutting up the monsters, hoping they drop a better sword than the sword that you have equipped. And they're usually not much better. Yeah, it's uh, it's not great. The longer I played it, the more it kind of sucked me in. I thought that music uh, went a little over the top in a way that I kind of liked every so often. Once I got the hang of the controls and found a weapon that I liked, I started using the scythe, which if you held down the X button, you could just keep chopping and just run through enemies and basically kill them instantly. Uh, it, it's not good. It's exactly... Exactly what they said it is. Not great. You know, I think this is actually a sequel, if I'm correct. I think there's another Dark Angel game that came out before it. Oh, really? Yeah, I, you know, I can look it up here in a minute. Um, but yeah, so I would agree with you on a lot of it. Outside of a Bloodborne, don't you dare use its name again for this podcast episode and tying it to Dark Angel Vampire Apocalypse. Mm -hmm. I will have to throw something at you. I'm not trying to say that it's like the Dark Souls of this kind of game or anything like that. I'm not I'm not making that statement. I was just saying that aesthetically, like you start off with like a sword and a pistol and the pistol kind of like you can stun enemies with it, but it doesn't do a lot of damage. You've got the like, you can put your blood vials or healing items on this side button you can put your this item on this side button it's stop that what so anyways it's <laughs> it's okay at best uh price wise well hold on, i gotta give all my thoughts on it right okay what are your thoughts God, i was about to get the pliers out and everything i was getting ready here to Destroy you over to those Bloodborne and Dark Souls comments. So, yeah, the game itself, I would say that uh, 25 to 50% is probably still too high for this title. Um, I did enjoy a little bit of it. So, the concept is there, and it did to me, like you said, it felt like a gauntlet. Um, I don't, it's not two players, right? It's only no. one player. So, if this had the ability of two to four players, I would have enjoyed this a lot better. Like playing this with a friend would have seemed a lot more fun versus just playing it by myself. The music was pretty cool. Like you said, the artwork on the box draws you in, but once you load it up, it seriously feels like you're playing Diablo one on the PlayStation one or not you're playing nearly as good. Though. Just not, not nearly as good. Graphically, it looks better, but not nearly as good. So I would agree with the, uh, the there's, just, extent. there's not enough explanation even when you read the manual i've been trying to make sure i read the manuals because i feel like it's giving me a little more insight especially with how long we've spent with these games it's good to kind of have that leg up i just feel like it doesn't really give you enough direction to pull you in but if it is just one of those games that's meant to be more kind of like just a like get in there and do it for the gameplay loop kind of games which it seems like it is this is a game that kind of like what we were saying earlier if this was a sequel to a game and my grandma got it for me for christmas when i was a little kid i would be disappointed that it wasn't the game that i wanted but i think i could manage to turn this into something that i would play for a while just because it seems like something as a kid you could kind of lose yourself in you know Going back to our original topic on this week's episode, I would say the ability to save on a whim, this would make a really good toilet game. Yes. It would. Yeah. Because it's crap. Okay. Well, I wasn't going for that. I was going for like legitimately you could put in like three, four minutes and save and be okay. But you are correct. It is uh, 
figuratively and literally crap. So we've got kind of some interesting pricing here. So uh, complete inbox going for 520, uh, loose 505. I think this is the closest that we've ever seen. This box and manual are only worth 15 cents, which is is pretty bad. But also the loose game back in August 2007 peaked at 732, making it actually worth more than the complete inbox has ever been worth where it peaked at 695 back in June of 2014. Now they're both pretty flat. They're both pretty cheap. Five bucks is pretty cheap for this. If this is something that I think that you actually really want to have, or if there's anything about this game that seems appealing to you five bucks at a garage sale if you talked him down to two or three i think you could get away with that i think that that would be a fair deal but five bucks i wouldn't order this on the internet for five bucks think about this you have let's make a little comparison here you have crazy taxi and you have simpsons road rage Right. Well, Crazy Taxi might be a little more money, but you can get that bargain game, you know, Simpsons Road Rage, and it's kind of the same. It'd be like Diablo and Dark Angel, you know, like you really want to play Diablo, but hey, I can't afford Diablo, but I can afford five dollars for something that's kind of like Diablo. That's really what this is. And as a standalone game, five bucks, I don't think it's bad. Oh, wow. It could be worse, Ryan. Yeah, it could be worse. It could be much worse. It's a bad game. Like, it's really crappy. But if you're into this style of gameplay and you don't mind playing alone and without friends, $5 should be okay. Okay. I'm actually surprised that you would go that way. So I'm going to I'm gonna say that I think that... Uh, I'm going to say inflated. And you're going to say deflated? No, I'll just We're say it's We're going to stay right. at odds all I'm the gonna... way to the end of this one? Uh, fine ryan all right look if you can find it at three bucks pick it up well five obviously if you it's, pick it up cheaper it's worth five dollars like it's fine to pick it up at five dollars i'm not saying it's inflated i'm not saying it's deflated it's right at the price point it needs to be it's a five dollar game no more than five dollars if you find it for less of course pick it up there we go so that's uh episode 48 of the game deflators podcast we're well on our way to 50 we got to figure out what we're playing for episode 50. Uh, I know, but f I was thinking for next week. Wait, we're going to play an RPG next week? Well, I think we could just check out the beginning of it, right? Sure. I've never played it before. Have you? Uh, I started it a long time ago, and I never did really get into it. But I'll be down to play it. All right, so we'll check out a little bit of Parasite Eve next week on the Game to Players podcast as we proceed into... A uh, female lead character heroine against v, you know very evil monsters. Hey, did month. we did we ever play War of the Monsters on a podcast episode? No, I don't believe so. I hope we didn't. I don't think we did. Maybe we do that for our fiftieth episode. Is that a Godzilla game? Uh kind of. I mean, you have like different characters, uh, not necessarily King Kong directly, but oh, you're in the cityscape, I, and I think yeah, we yeah. did play it. I've I've oh, I've played that game before in the past. I think we played it, so we'll skip over that. We gotta start keeping track of what games we've actually played. We have a list, kind of. 
Um, the thing. We should play the thing. Well, we know what we're going to play next week. We've got two weeks to think about Ryan, it. Don't I'm just promises. so excited about episode 50. I know, I know. We'll get there it soon, It is John. coming. It is coming. Uh, all right. Well, I don't have anything to say. You don't have anything to say. Check us out on social media. That's what I have to say. Find us everywhere that social media can be found at the Game Deflators, except for Twitter, where it's just Game Deflators. And if you don't use social media, maybe we'll write you a letter. But then again, if you're not using social media, how are you hearing about us? Uh, that being said, my name is John. I'm Ryan. And we are the, the Game, Game Deflators. Deflators.